There are many ways people listen to Vision, including in cars through the Vision app. The Vision app is compatible with Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. So if you have mobile coverage, you can stream any of Vision's live radio channels in crystal clear quality and enjoy a growing range of on-demand podcasts all on the go. There are other ways to connect your phone to your vehicle speakers too. You can see detailed instructions when you Google ways to listen to Vision. However and wherever you listen to Vision, you can be sure that the announcers, programs and music will help you look to God daily. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media. Thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au. Today with Jeff Vines, author, pastor, apologist and Bible teacher with a straight-talking message from the Word. Am I a person that's moving past hearing into doing? Am I a person that's moving past hearing into doing? Don't you want to know that? Today with Jeff Vines. Hello and welcome. Thanks for joining me here on Today with Jeff Vines. Now, James chapter 1, verse 22 says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. That's the passage Jeff will continue looking at in this episode. He's helping us look at if we're really putting God's Word into practice. Are we moving past hearing it and reading it and into doing it, acting out our faith? Let's continue now with Pastor Jeff on Today with Jeff Vines. Now, I want you to stay with me. Describe something, then finish the passage. One of my life-defining moments was in high school. It was my last basketball practice, and I knew it because we had a game the next day, and whether we won the game or lost the game, it would be the final game. It was the championship game. And I knew it was my last basketball practice, and for some odd reason, we just finished running suicides, which you know what that is if you're a basketball player, and I was leaning up against the wall, and and here I am, 17 years old, and little tears start coming down my face. I was crying. You know, Pastor Jeff, you're an emotional guy. That doesn't surprise me. Well, not really. I am now. I am now. As I've gotten older, the more emotional. I can't even go to Toy Story anymore. But as I've gotten older, I am a little more emotional. But when I was younger, I really wasn't. But I found myself just kind of weeping. My high school basketball coach, who is, was a great man, is still a great man, came over to me, put his arm around me, and he says, you know what's wrong, don't you? I said, no, nothing's wrong. He said, no, it's okay. It's all right, Jeff. I can tell you what's wrong. I said, what? He says, right now, you're remembering all the times of missed opportunities. Right now, you're thinking about all the things you could have done to achieve a greater level of greatness. He knew that more than anything I wanted, I had a poor family. I wanted to get a Division I basketball scholarship. That was my dream. And he says, right now you're remembering of all the efforts you could have put in and had you had the courage, you could have gone another level. And he wasn't saying it in a derogatory fashion. He was saying it like this. I know because I've been there and learn from it now. Learn from it. Now I want you to hear me. All of you people, 
all of you people, all of us together, especially the young, and you can determine whatever age cutoff that is on your own. <laughs> listen, listen to me. There's only one person who's going to stop you from becoming everything you want to be. And that one person is you. The passions that you have in your heart, where do you think they come from? The calling on your life? Look, you don't have to be a preacher to please God. You can be the president and please God. You can be a CEO of a financial corporation and please God. You can be a professional athlete and please God. There are desires and passions in you. And the only person that can stop you from being and fulfilling those passions and the desires, the only person that can stop you is you. And it's called a failure of heart, a lack of courage. Stay with me now. Let me build this just for a second. I have met plenty of couples who should have been divorced a long time ago. But one of the couple said, I am going to move past hearing into doing. They had a strength of heart and decided they're going to do whatever it takes to save their marriage. And they did. I've met teenagers who've grown up in homes that were a disaster. Every home is dysfunctional, but these were super dysfunctional. These kids had no chance whatsoever, and yet they came out of those homes. Not only did they survive, but they would thrive, all because one of those teenagers decided, I'm going to move past hearing into doing. I'm going to show a strength of courage, a strength of heart, and whatever needs to be done, I'm going to get it done. And what I'm trying to say, that the only person that can stop you, and you can apply this, forget about your Christian faith for a moment. Did a pastor really say that? I'm simply saying this. This applies across the board in every arena, not just your faith. It applies to everything. The only person that will stop you from becoming what you want to be, what God wants you to be and fulfilling the passions and desires of your heart. The only person that can stop you is you if you listen to the lie of the world that you don't have what it takes to succeed. And at the time in your life when you realize that God has given you everything, everything, the passion, the desire, and the ability, at that point, you'll believe in yourself because you believe in God in you and you will accomplish what God causes you to accomplish because you'll have strength of heart. And I want to remind you, I just want to remind you, don't let anybody take that from you. Now, okay, Pastor Jeff, if that's true, then what's our problem? Why do so few move past hearing into doing? It's because of freedom. You still don't fully trust God. You think that if you live life his way, that it won't work out for your best interest. So when God asks you to do something hard that goes against the grain, you don't trust him. Now, let's let James do the speaking instead of me. He says in the text, keep going, but whoever looks intently. Now, I know some of you women have these dual mirrors in your bathrooms. On one side, it's regular. On the other side, it's like a big magnifying glass. Now, my mother would not let me touch her dual-sided mirror, but my wife doesn't seem to mind. So I checked one of these things out. Now, why anybody would want to turn that thing over and turn that little light on and magnify your face in light like that, I've got no idea why you'd want to do that. 
Now, just to show you that there is a sense of humility here, I actually did that and took a picture of it. I want you, this is what I look like in that mirror. I want you to notice, you can see all the wrinkles and the blackheads and just the gray hair. It's, it's horrible. I saw that too. It took everything I had just to take a photo. Look at that. It's horrific, scary. All right, take it off, guys. Get it off the screen. Thank you. Why would you do that? I mean, it's like I saw what God had made and it was not good. Now, James says, whoever looks intently, and that's the meaning of the Greek word, to magnify, to bring to light. If you look intently into the perfect law that gives freedom. Now, the younger you are, the less likely you are to see a relationship between scripture and freedom. You think about it. When I was young, I thought, why is the Bible so big? This is a big book. Why is the Bible so big? I could summarize the words of the Bible on a three by five card. No. <laughs> right? When I was 16 or 17, you know, what does the Bible say about no? Well, can I do it? No. Oh, what about no? What well, no. That's how I saw the Bible. And I'd hear pastors say something like, Christ followers have great freedom. And I think, man, what Bible are you reading? <laughs> but then you get older. And something happens. I want to give you three examples, move on to the last point. When I was very young, my father taught me something very important with my first paycheck. He said, 10% goes to God, 10% goes to yourself, saving, and then you got the percentage that goes to the government, and in California, that's quite a bit. And then you live off the rest. 10% to God, 10% to yourself, taxes, and you live off the rest. Now, he taught me that at a very young age. So there were a lot of times that I didn't do the things that some of my friends were doing because their thing was all on yourself right now. My father also taught me about avoiding credit cards. Now, that was when I was 22. What happens when you learn a lesson at 22 years old of tithing to God, saving, tithing to yourself, paying your taxes, and living what, whatever you have on, on the rest. What happens if you do that starting at 22 and now you're 48? Do you think I have any financial freedom? <clears throat> what binds you in the beginning ultimately frees you. It's the same way with forgiveness. Let's, let's be honest. It is fun to enact revenge. It's okay. It is. It's, it's fun to get back at somebody who's gotten you. You don't believe me. You know I'm telling the truth. You just don't want to admit it. The Bible says forgive, but the Bible says forgive because it might be fun for a couple of days, but in the end, it will drain the life out of you. And I have firsthand testimony of this. I saw this in my mom who had great, she was a good woman, but she had great difficulty forgiving her parents. And I got to tell you, if I was in her place, I could see the struggle but it sucked the life out of her, struggled with depression and anxiety, and she just never was able to live the abundant life Christ came to bring. Do you ever stop to think that the reason Jesus says forgive is not to be the big bad cosmic boss, but to tell you if you don't, it's going to ruin your life. All right, you're 16 years old, and you hear the Bible say honor God with your body, what you put in it, where you take it, what you look at, how you use it sexually. Now, when you're 16 or 17, you're thinking, what? How's that liberating? 
That's not liberating. That's like shackles and chains, man. That's like living in a prison cell. How's that liberating? And then you get older. And there's not an older person in this room that doesn't wish they could go back to a time when they thought they were expressing their freedom because now they realize that was the early, early days of chaining themselves to something that would haunt them and drag them down for the rest of their lives. That's how it's liberating. One of my favorite movies, I think the best movie ever is Forrest Gump. I could watch that movie every day or at least every other day. And I like to study the characters. The writers were brilliant, but my favorite character is slowly becoming Jenny. Now, Jenny writes to Forrest and asks Forrest to pray for her. Because if you know her story, she's sexually abused by her father in Alabama. And she says, Forrest, pray for me that God would make me a butterfly so that I can fly far, far away. Pray that God would make me a butterfly so that I can fly far, far away. And one day she does fly, but she flies too far away. And this newfound freedom that she has, she engages in free love, free sex, free drugs. And ultimately, the freedom she thought she had ends up destroying her. And the saddest scene of all, I think I've never cried as much as I cried in a theater. And of course, I think I was on a date, so I had to hide it. And that's even harder. But I've never felt so much emotion as when Forrest goes to the grave of Jenny and tells Jenny how much he misses her. And if you know the story, Jenny had a little boy, but she did not get to enjoy raising the little boy because she died while he was still young. What Jenny thought would ultimately free her ended up destroying her. And I'm trying to say to you, until you get to the point in your life when you recognize that God loves you and tells you not to do something because he loves you, and if you live within those parameters, the abundant life will be yours and you will build your house on a solid foundation so when the storms come, it will not break apart. Now, here's how I want to end. Verse 25, he says, but whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. This also helps you understand, am I a person that's moving past hearing into doing? Am I a person that's moving past hearing into doing? Don't you wanna know that? And you can know that by answering these four questions because a person who is moving past hearing into doing, number one, they serve. A person who is moving past hearing into doing serves. Whatever moves the heart of God, if you're moving past hearing into doing, will begin to move your heart. Jesus in the upper room, it dawns on him that all power and authority has been given to him. And what's the first thing he does? He gets down on his knees and washes the disciples' feet. In Matthew 24 and 25, Jesus draws a distinction between the sheep and the goats, those who merely hear and those who move past hearing into doing. And how does he describe them? He says, they are people with passion to clothe and feed the poor, to visit those in prison, to take care of widows and orphans. At Christ Church of the Valley, we give you hundreds and hundreds of opportunities to serve, not because we want to bind you, but because we want to free you so that you will experience the blessings of God. And here's what I have to ask. What are you doing with your life? What are you doing? Don't waste it. What are you doing? If you're moving past hearing into doing, that tells me that you're on a journey and a mission to discover your gifts and to serve in the kingdom of Christ. What are you doing? You Hearing that Jesus calls you to serve is one thing, but actually 
saying no to your self-centeredness and dipping your hands in the bucket with a towel is something entirely different. You say, Pastor Jeff, how does that? You said that blesses me. How does that bless me? Let me tell you how. The Bible says, given, it'll be given to you. There's gonna come a time in your life when you need other people to help you. You're gonna be going through the storms of life and you need others who will love you and come to your aid. The Bible says, given, it'll be given to you. Press down, shaken together, your cup will be running over. In that time of need, you're going to discover if you've given your life away or not. If you haven't, you're gonna feel like an island, you're gonna feel alone. But if you've given yourself away in service, then there are gonna be people running around you to meet your need in your time of storm. A fully devoted follower of Jesus, someone who moves past hearing into doing, first of all, they serve. Second of all, they engage. Say it together on the count of three. One, two, three, engages. Now stay with me. Most of us think that we are spiritually transformed and that we grow spiritually by trying harder. Wait a minute, Pastor Jeff, you just said moving past hearing to doing. Yes, that's true. But in some aspects of your spiritual walk, you've got to understand what part you play and what part God plays. Think about this for a moment. How does a farmer grow an apple tree? He puts a seed in the ground. Does he actually grow the tree? No, he positions the seed in order that God can grow it. You're the same way. You position yourself so that God can grow you. How do you do that? Well, David says in Psalm 42, as the deer pants of streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When or where can I go and meet with God? Jesus answers that question in John 15 when he says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. So there's a connection between the word and your growth. It's one thing to say, I want to grow. It's another thing to position yourself where God can water the seed of spiritual transformation and you can blossom into a beautiful, fully devoted follower of Jesus. Because a fully devoted follower of Jesus, somebody who moves past hearing into doing, serves, they engage, and third, you're gonna love this, they give. Say it on the count of three. One, two, three, gives. Now listen, don't turn me out yet. Got one more and the sermon's over. Gives. Jesus said, we're either going to live our lives building our own kingdom or we're going to live our lives building his. Which one are you building? In Matthew 6, Jesus says, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Now I heard that I said something a couple of weeks ago that made some people mad. So I want to say it again so you can get mad again. <laughs> but I want to give explanation. I said a couple of weeks ago if you want your pastor to know where your heart is, let him see your checkbook. Now, some people got pretty upset with me about that. Well, let me say two things. Number one, I plagiarized that. That comes straight from somebody else. Jesus. <laughs> he said that I didn't. I just repeated it. He says, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. What he means by that is, show me the front burner items of your life. Show me where you spend the most time. Show me what you spend the most time thinking about. Show me where you spend your money and I'll show you where your heart is. I also said that greed surrenders to generosity at the point of conversion. But hearing that greed surrenders to generosity at the point of conversion is different than actually surrendering your greed to generosity at the point of conversion. You say, well, Pastor Jeff, how's that going to bless me? You can say what you want to about Malachi 3, and you can dance around it all you want. But the truth of Malachi 3 is a simple one. If you do what God asks you to do, he says, I'm going to open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing on you. 
Because a fully devoted follower who's moved past hearing into doing is somebody who serves, somebody who engages, somebody who gives, and fourth and finally, it's somebody who goes. Now stay with me, this is it. Jesus says go. Matthew 28, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, I'll be with you into the end of the age. Have you ever noticed when Jesus first calls his disciples, he says, come and see. And then after a while, he says what? Come and die. Now, why doesn't he say come and die first? Because not very many people want to sign up for that kind of thing. So he says, come and see, come and taste that the Lord is good. And then over time and relationship, come and die. Your goal is to walk across the room and walk across the valley and walk across the world and walk across the soccer field and walk across the cafe and invite people to come and see. God will be the one that invites them to come and die. Your job is not to beat them over the head with your Bible, but to encourage them to come and see and taste that the Lord is good. And when the time is right, God will invite them to come and die. So I'm challenging you, please. You say, well, Jeff, how will, how will going bless me? I want you to look at a verse in Philemon. This is a powerful verse. Many of us skip right over. I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. So here's the message. If you share your faith, you gain an understanding of everything good you have in Jesus. How does that dynamic work? When you start sharing your faith with people, they start asking questions to which you don't have the answer. So you've got to go into the word and find the answer and get back to them and give them the answer. So who's the one learning during this whole process? You are. So to understand every good thing that you truly have in Christ, you must begin to share your faith and the journey will begin. Now let's say it one time together. If you wanna move past hearing into doing, then you've got to serve, engage, give, and go. Otherwise, you're just coming here on the week and you're just listening with no transformation. Now notice, I did not say that you have to serve engage, give, and go to go to heaven. That's salvation by grace through faith. This is not a works thing. I'm telling you that if you truly want to trust Jesus as your Savior and Lord, and you want to go past hearing into doing and build your house on a firm foundation, then you must serve, engage, give, and go. The momentum of a train like that would be so heavy that it would be impossible to stop and the gates of hell would never prevail. Thanks for joining me on Today with Jeff Vines. And I hope that message has helped you on your walk with Jesus and to go past just hearing His Word to doing and acting on your faith. Next time, we'll have a new message from Pastor Jeff. With Jeff Vines. For more from Pastor Jeff, head to vision.org.au forward slash Jeff Vines. Today with Jeff Vines. 
Just another way vision is connecting faith to your life. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.